Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. This is episode 29, and our guest today is Derek Josie. You might know him on Instagram and Facebook as TDF Honest Farming. So Derek is a pretty big name when it comes to the dairy industry. He's all about kind of showcasing what he does a day in the life of a dairy farmer. What's it like working with cows 24-7? And also what it's like to fight animal activists online that are just super nasty, super vile, attacking him and his family. Um, It's crazy all the crap that Derek has to put up with. Um, but we're going to have a really cool conversation, talk about him and um, Wilson View Dairy up in Oregon, which is where he's at. He's a fourth-generation dairy farmer, and how his farm is part of the Tillamook County Creamery Association. So check him out. We'll link the website and everything in the description. He's TDF Honest Farming on Instagram and Facebook. Hope you enjoy it. Again, this is episode 29 with Derek Josie. Thanks for being on. You, you've got quite a social media presence. You've got a bunch of followers on Facebook, Instagram. You are a super, super, I would say, public figure when it comes to dairy on social media. You're at Wilson View Dairy, which is in Tillamook, Oregon. Tell us about kind of how that started. I know you're a fourth-generation farmer, so tell us how that dairy started and what you guys are up to now. Well, it started with my great-grandpa in 1918, so we've been around for a little over 100 years. Um, and over the years, it's grown. When I came home till now, we're we're sitting at about 500 acres milking 500 cows, uh, jerseys, because they are the best breed of dairy cows. Um, and we're looking at, in the next five or so years, hopefully building all new facilities and getting a little larger. So that's just a thousand foot view of our operation. 
<laughs> I like it. So you said you're a fourth generation farm. So what was it like kind of growing up on that family operation and then kind of taking it over as you got older? You know, it's uh, I was on the farm with three cousins and my brother and my sister. So it it's it was the best way to grow up. Our farm has a mile and a half of riverfront property. It, it was terrible, you know, spending all summer down at the river when we weren't helping on the farm. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Terrible way to grow up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I've seen your on on Instagram. You guys are in a beautiful spot in Oregon. I mean, you said you're in Tillamook County. And so yes. just looking at the scenery there, it is absolutely beautiful as opposed to just here in Florida where it's just flat and you've got beaches. So it's a very pretty area. Yeah, we have beaches too, five miles away. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. I didn't yeah, know you were that the close. Coast to the coast range, it's just such a gorgeous backdrop. It really is. And with the rain we get, we stay pretty green year round. And it's just, it's the perfect place to have cows when it's not raining. When it is raining, you know, they have to be inside because we get yeah, a yeah, lot I can of imagine. rain. Yes, I I bet a lot of rain. Um, So I know y'all are part of the Tillamook County Creamery Association. And I I first found out about it through you. And then I was on my wife and I were on a flight to Ireland for the weekend. And And you um, saw our cheese. Yeah, yeah, I saw your cheese. I tried I tried not to freak out. And everybody sitting next to me was like, why is he taking a picture of a cheese packet? And I just sent it to you. I was like, dude, this is so cool. So how how did that kind of how did that Tillamook County Creamery Association get started? And how, how did you guys become a part of it? Well, it actually started a little bit earlier than we started our dairy. Uh, my great grandpa actually was part of the group of people that consolidated all the little creameries in this county into one association. So that's kind of a cool little historical fact that my great grandpa helped found the organization, but it's, it's a member owned co-op, uh, dairy co-op from all the farmers in Tillamook County. So, okay. So what are some advantages of having a co-op right there with you guys? Uh, with our strong brand presence, it really helps us, weather the low milk prices and the hard times because the co-op is able to help us out financially so we're not we're in it together and so it's it's good when we're all pulling together gotcha how big is the dairy industry up there in oregon uh we're not even in the top 10 in the country i believe there's only uh well, I'm going to miss the number by a little bit, but it's there's 250 dairies in Oregon. Okay, okay, that, that's still a pretty good number. I know Florida's up there a little bit, but I mean, there the sections are kind of kind of spread around, spread around kind of north and kind of central Florida. Would you say the the dairy community where you are is kind of very close knit? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's spread out over the whole state, really, but but. Everybody knows each other. I mean, it's a small community, and we tend to get along rather well for the most yeah. part. Gotcha. Well, well, that's good to hear. Um, yeah. Well, all right. So I kind of want to dive into this, and you've mentioned you want to talk about it too. You are very, you're very present in social media when it comes to being a dairy farmer and just what's all involved in that life. So, what exactly got you started to do that to kind of showcase what you're doing and what your life is like as a dairy farmer? Uh, well, it started. I started three years ago. Really, I started my first page on Facebook three years ago, and that was because I got tired of dealing with activists on their pages, 
because I, you know, I'm, I don't want to say that I'm socially savvy when it comes to social media, but I realized that every time I was engaging with them on their page, all that was doing was helping get their message out. And it, I finally was just like, no, I need to stop helping them and I need to just do my own thing. And so I started TDF Honest Farming um, on Facebook and on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, but I'm just Derek Cows by the Ocean or Derek Talks to Cows by the Ocean on there. I do more of a personal thing there. But and I didn't think it was going to go where it has gone. But, you know, I guess when somebody's willing to take the punches and swing back it resonates with people and i definitely i definitely don't hold back when i counter their arguments and i i do it in a way that it's me i'm sarcastic by nature and i'm not going to i'm not going to let them get away with the stuff they say so it's fun i enjoy it <laughs> it seems like yeah you, i love your sarcasm and you definitely do swing back um I mean, I've read some, I follow you, so I see some of the comments that people leave on your Instagram or Facebook, and some of them are just straight up rude. Like, I can't imagine ever saying something like how right. some of these people say to you. Like, it's not only about you, like, it's one thing if it would be just directed towards you, but a lot of the comments are directed towards your family, your kids, your business. I mm -hmm. mean, th that's got to be frustrating to deal with as much as it happens. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it gets to a point where if somebody's just downright rude, I, I, I end up just kicking them off my pages because I don't, I don't have time to deal with rude, obnoxious people. So I will, I'll let them know what I think of them and then I kick them off the page. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, there you go. I mean, if, I mean, I, I imagine a bunch of them are there just to, to kind of like spread their own animal rights views and just to kind of bash you a little bit. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. That basically yeah. they were they're there to do what I was doing on their pages, but I was never rude. I never attacked them personally. I just used facts and was like, you know, what you're saying is not true and this is why. But when it comes to activists it's all about emotion. They don't they don't want to hear about the truth. It's how yeah. they feel. Yeah, it's all about facts versus emotions. And it's funny, in a lot of your rebuttals to them, you always usually link a video to a question that they're, that they're talking about. And yeah. nine times out of ten, do they not go watch the video? They're just like, oh, this makes me feel bad, so I'm going to comment on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like, a, for example, yesterday I had a lady make a comment. Oh, that cow can't get out of, you can't leave you have her locked in there and even before i could reply somebody else said if you actually watched the video he releases her at the end and the whole point of the stanchion is so that he can do the things he needs to do and it's safe for him and her and when they're done they leave <laughs> it's just it's like just watch the video. How hard is that? <laughs> Just watch it and you'll learn. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason you made it, to kind of teach people. What would you say are, like, maybe a top five of the most popular misconceptions that people seem to just kind of get wrong? With, well, with, with dairy in particular. With dairy in particular, antibiotics in milk or pus in milk, that's 
that's one. Um, the fact that they seem to think that we're abusing our animals and that doesn't even make sense um, because a happy cow produces more milk. There's actual studies that have shown this. Mm-hmm. So um, that cows are uh, devastated when we separate their calves at birth. And that's not factually accurate either. I've done video showing that. Um, that's three. Let's see. What's a fourth one? Oh, that we're the problem with the environment and we are the cause for global warming when all the data shows that we are more sustainable than we've ever been and we are not. We we are actually one of the potential solutions to help combat climate change. So there's a fourth one. Oh, and you said five. Way to put me on the spot here. Um <laughs> Oh, that we're feeding cows food or products that could be fed to humans. And so there's no point. And that's just straight wrong. I mean, how many people want to eat grass or corn stalks or even the byproducts we feed? There's a reason we're feeding the byproducts because no human wants to eat uh, the soybean meal that's left over after we make soy uh, oils and cooking oils and things like that. Nobody wants to eat that. So there you go. Yeah. There's five. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good five. And I think it's a good point you said um, about the the comfort of the cows. I mean, of course, like anybody in ag or anybody in dairy knows that a healthy cow is going to produce. A miserable cow is not going to produce. I mean, you've got things in there. I'm watching a video right now where you've got like a little dairy brush where the cows can walk up oh, and yeah. scratch their backs. Well, I, I mean, actually got that. I got that for me, but the cows use it. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, best of both worlds. They can walk up and use it. If you've got some downtime, just walk up and scratch your back. I mean, there you go. Yeah. Well, and that's the other common misconception. If cows are in a barn, it's bad. My cows choose to be in the barn nine times out of ten. I mean, they are so spoiled. If it gets too hot outside, too cold outside, it starts to sprinkle, it gets too windy, they go back to the barn. I mean... <laughs> They've got the good life. They want to enjoy it and be comfortable, right? Yeah. Why, why would they be outside in the weather? I mean, humans don't want to be outside in the weather. Cows aren't going to be miserable outside if they have a nice barn with water, food, and comfortable bedding. It, it doesn't make sense. And that one, that one are, probably gets me the most. Just because a cow is in a barn is no reflection on animal welfare. Right. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I mean, they're in there, they're comfortable. And then, I mean, just because they're not outside 24-7 doesn't mean they're not, that they're not living the good life. I mean, uh, all the videos of your cows look like they're having a great time. They're super comfortable. Half the time you're walking around talking on your phone and they're just following you like, hey, man, where's mm-hmm. Derek going? It's so cool to watch. Um, so I'm sure there's been a lot of negative stuff with, with you being on social media, a lot of frustrating stuff. What would you say are some of the most positive things that you've kind of that have kind of happened since you've been getting your message out there on social media? Oh, I, oh, that's actually not a question I get very often. Well, I hey. don't know. Just all, yeah. All the people that reach out and tell me how thankful I, they are that I'm showing what an average dairy farmer it does because I'm not special. 
I'm I am the normal when it comes to dairy or anybody in agriculture. I'm just a farmer showing a normal day on the farm. And so, you know, on social media, there's so much negative and so many videos that just show the side that it's, you know, it's that less than 1% of farmers that are just, they shouldn't be farming, but that's what gets put out there. So all the people that have messaged me and said, I'm so thankful you show I, I was seeing these videos. I felt bad. I wasn't, I was going to stop eating meat, and dairy, whatever. And now seeing how a dairy actually is ran, I feel much better. So that kind of stuff. And I get, I get those a lot. And I probably should share those more than I do. Because if you watch my stories, you, you know, you see my sarcastic comments back to the haters way more than I ever share the positives and maybe I need to adjust and show more of that but <laughs> more of the positive experiences that you've had the positive impacts yeah that, that's yeah. good yeah I mean it... I got I got one story where a lady used to she lives up in Canada um, and she takes care of people in a retirement home and she had one lady that always talked about Tillamook dairy products and how heartbroken she was that she couldn't get those in Canada and this lady told me the story about crossing the border smuggling Tillamook cheese up there to give to this old lady who was uh, supposed to, she had like a week left to live and how much joy she had from having some Tillamook cheese Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was stories like that. You just they're great. Yeah, but I bet they make all the all the negative moments kind of worth it. I mean, just that your that your cheese can put a smile on somebody's face like that. That's really neat. Right. Um, and that's the other thing. And all these people that take pictures of, you know, because we have ice cream and cheese down in Florida now. And I've had people yeah. from mm-hmm. all over the states sending pictures and say stuff like, we found your products. We're so excited to try them. They're so good. And it just feels good when that happens. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, we, My wife and I were shopping at Publix, I think last week, and I had to go get some mozzarella for a pizza we're making. And I'm looking and I look up, I'm like, oh my God, they have Tillamook cheese here. This is great. And so we bought some and it was delicious. Um, yeah, you should, our ice cream should be in Publix too. And it oh, is. Okay, we'll have to try that. All right. Hey, we love ice cream. Um, that's perfect. Yeah. If you don't uh, love ice cream, I don't. We can't associate with each there, other. <laughs> there you go. I'm lactose intolerant, but I love ice cream, and I will eat ice cream all all day long. Um, Ugh, and, I mean, it, it seems like you, you've got like a really big following and a really big group. I know, like Dairy Mafia, you, y'all talk about it, and you and Veal Vet or Dr. Hake. It's so cool watching all you guys kind of go for go back and forth talking about what you're doing, how your dairy farm is, and issues you're all having. It's so cool to see that like just this huge dairy group on Instagram is just kind of formed where people are kind of just staying updated. So it's really cool to see. Dairy Mafia has kind of slowed down, but we're still definitely kicking it back and forth with. Uh, and I actually am talking with a bunch of crop farmers right now. I, that's what I love about Instagram. It just it just ebbs and flows and it's just fun to see what other farmers are doing across 
the country. Like right now I'm talking with an almond farmer down in California back and forth every day, California farmer. And he's just hilarious. So I, I can't wait to see where he goes. He's, he's an up and comer. Oh, that's cool. Uh, what's his name on Instagram? I'll we'll have to give him a look. It's, it's California farmer, California farmer. Okay. That's pretty easy to remember. I like that. Yeah. Whenever I'm trying to look up guests on here, I'll usually take a break from work and I'll just kind of I'll go on the Discover page and just find random people and like, all right, you look pretty cool. I'm going to follow you. And I think that I think I found you originally, though, on Facebook. And I was like, all right, it's a mission. I'm going to get TDF Honest Farming on the podcast. And we finally made it work. So I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, t- it has t- been a bit of back and forth, hasn't it? <laughs> it has been. But, you know, honestly, it's usually a lot usually like that with like some of the production farmers we'll have but i mean we were there you we we were both very understanding your schedule my schedule so we finally got it on the book so that's all that matters um so tell us about like your daily schedule what's it like i know you wake up early milk the cows go back to bed wake up go milk the cows again so what's the daily life like of a dairy farmer oh we're all a little different but mine (laughs) starts at 3 a.m and i I don't actually do the milking unless it's an emergency and the guys, you know, were shorthanded. I'm, I'm in charge of feeding and uh, cleaning and outside work. But so usually I'm feeding cows after from 3 a.m. till 8 a.m. And then, well, right now, you, I mean, you've seen some of the stories. I'm working on my house. We're reciting it and redoing the front porch and so not really getting much sleep during the middle of the day right now (laughs) Um, and then and then at two i go back and start feeding and taking care of fresh cows and all the i my dad and i do all the vet work on the farm unless we have like an emergency surgery or a calving that needs desperately needs we need some help and the running joke with our local uh, veterinary clinic is if dad, Don or Derek call for a calving, that it's going to be um, a good one. Because <laughs> That's a good reputation to have, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they just know to uh, be ready because I've been doing this long enough that I cows back, uh, calves backwards or upside down or twisted up. Usually I can get it done. So if I make a phone call, it means that it's going to be an interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Well, that's cool. What what kind of equipment do y'all have for the dairy? Do y'all have any, um, I've seen a, we've interviewed one in Tennessee where they have one of those robot milkers. So what exactly do y'all use for the milking? Uh, We are just a normal uh, herringbone parlor with automatic takeoffs and stuff like that. We're looking when we do new facilities. We're looking into possibly doing robotics. I do have a robotic feed pusher, Juno, who every two hours pushes in the feed to make sure the cows are never out of feed. Yeah, and I've seen that. That looks pretty cool. He's he, she, whichever <laughs> it is. Uh, it's great. It because you know before that somebody had to manually go back there and do it, and so it saves us a lot of time and the cows know that there's going to, anytime it starts beeping that the feed's getting pushed up and. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they know it's scheduled. Yep. Pretty much. (laughs) That's so neat. I like that. 
Um, well, you know, this is a really good question. I like to ask everybody, and I think you're in a really cool um, situation to kind of give us some insight into it. What are your thoughts on the farmer-consumer relationship right now? Like, I, I think a lot more consumers are going to social media, but what if, what do you think right now are some issues and some – what do you think of the relationship right now between the farmer and the consumer? So, you know the old saying – well, it's, it's the saying uh, – most people are four generations removed from the farm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to reverse it. Most farmers are four generations removed from the consumer. I like that. Okay. We, if, if, if both sides don't start communicating, it's going to have adverse effects on farming. Because as it is right, and that's kind of why I started my page too, so that I could communicate with people that have no idea what my life is like, or the average dairy farmer or average farmer in general. And we have a tendency to think we need to explain <laughs> is a term I just coined. I like that. Uh, that's pretty good. Explain it. Yeah. And that doesn't work. They don't want to know the facts and figures on and what we're doing. They want to actually have a conversation. And they want to know that what we're doing, while yes, is scientifically proven and factual and ba based in good practices, they want to connect on a personal level. They don't want us to just few facts and figures adam i hate it when people do that to me why do why do we continue to think that the consumer just wants to know well actually animal agriculture is only 3.4 percent of greenhouse gas emissions in the united states they don't care they want to know that what we're doing is environmentally friendly and sustainable and it is mm -hmm. but they want to they want personal side of it they don't want the they don't want the science they want somebody to show them why we do what we do does that make sense yeah no that does yeah that's that's a really good point um yeah the more farmers we interview on this podcast it, more and more of them are kind of turning the social media they have conversations and to build relationships with consumers i mean that way like it's effective right now because i followed you and then all of a sudden tillamook cheese is getting everywhere i'm like you know what i like this farmer i like what he does i'm going to support them directly and buy the product so that's a really good point that um we really they that a lot of people in ag really need to build relationships and kind of focus on kind of having that dialogue with consumers so those are all really really good points well it's no different social media allows it me or any farmer to, it would be basically like if it wasn't here, if I drove to downtown Portland, stood there with a sign that says, I'm a farmer, talk to me. Social like media that. allows me to still be on the farm and be able to talk to people in downtown major metropolitan areas. Mm -hmm. And they can see exactly what's going on at your dairy as it's happening. Yeah. Yep. It's like 24-7 news right from the source instead of all the, the middlemen and getting bogged down and all that jazz mm -hmm. so they can see exactly where it is. That's a really good point, too. Um, yeah, it's the wave of the future. And if, if you're a farmer and you enjoy social media, do it. 
if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's a very, very good point. If you're good, do it. If you enjoy it, do it. If you're not good at it, if you don't like it, don't do it. That's smart. Um, well, Derek, this has been a really cool conversation, man. Is there anything else you want to add or anything else you want to bring up? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could go on for hours and hours. Yeah, I, I, if you haven't noticed, I am not bashful about talking. <laughs> totally fine. That, that, it's great because that makes the, the perfect podcast guest. So that's totally good. Yeah, uh, I would think so. <laughs> well, Derek, this has been awesome. So you're on Instagram and Facebook at TDF underscore honest underscore farming. Which is just, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. It took me a while to figure out what TDF meant. I was like, what does that mean? But then uh, obviously, Tillamook Dairy Farmer. Duh. Yeah, um, and I started, I actually started as Tillamook Dairy Farmer. But okay. I started to get bigger and I thought to myself, I don't want to have my own company say, hey, Tillamook is a brand and copyrighted and you're starting to infringe on that. So I voluntarily, before anything could potentially, you know, happen, I voluntarily changed my name because it would probably look bad if my own, you know, the company that I'm one of the members of had to tell me to change my name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That makes sense. That's funny. Do you have any like future plans for the dairy? I mean, obviously you wanted to, to continue where your kids can be fifth generation and sixth generation on, on and so forth. What are what are some big time goals you, you would like to accomplish in the next couple of years? Well, uh, hopefully within the next five years, I will be breaking ground on new facilities. We happen to be right next to the major highway from port. One of the major highways that runs from Portland to the coast. Um, so I plan on having ag tours and a visitor center. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, cause what's one more job and even more exposure and <laughs> I mean, you, you got enough free time, right? I'm sure you right. can manage that. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> That'd be really neat. You, you sh so we interviewed some people a few months ago. They're in the UK and they actually have a dairy milk vending machine at their dairy. So they don't. They don't sell it. People in their local community will bring their own little bottles and just get milk that way. So maybe I should look into that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be cool. There you go. Well, that's neat. If we're ever on the way to Portland and swing through there, we'll have to stop by there in a few yeah. years whenever we get that visitor center up. That'd be neat. Cool. It's awesome. It's part of the dream. Hey, there you go. Living the dream, working for the dream. I like it. Well, Derek, this has been really great. Thanks so much for sitting down with us and talking to us more about dairy and kind of what you're doing with social media to kind of get the message out there. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. And for all the all the the negative comments you get, I mean, I'm sure you are well aware of it, but you're also just getting the message out there and influencing a lot of people. So thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing. It certainly does not go unnoticed. Well, thank you. Hey, no problem. And we'll stay in touch, man. Thanks for being yeah. on and we wish you the best of luck. Hey everyone, we're trying to make things easier for you to listen to the podcast. We are now a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, and that means you can now find us on an additional platform. We're now available on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs like Samsung, and even game systems. While you're on there, check out over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films, download the app, and watch and listen anywhere.